to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These. The Tondo District lies in the outskirts of Metro Manila, the capital city of the Philippines. Often referred to as the Squatter Zone, Tondo has a population today of over 630,000. Most people there live on the streets in tiny makeshift houses known by the people as barung barung, little shacks made up of old rusty sheet metal, discarded bits of old lumber, pieces of plastic, broken glass, and you name it. All of it is held together with old rope or wire or whatever, and all the parts are scavenged from the giant dump site that makes up the western border of the district on the shoreline of Manila Bay. The dump is called Smoky Mountain because trash piles are burning there every day to make room for more trash. And people aren't just scavenging there, they're living there on Smoky Mountain. Thousands of people living in trash-built barong barongs on a smoking dump site. And it was on an early spring morning in 1985 when two dear friends and I were driven deep into the Tondo District and to Smoky Mountain by New Zealander Cal Steiner, the National Director of Youth with a Mission in the Philippines. My two friends? Well, they were, and still are, two of the more well-known and well-loved guys in all of YWAM. Dave Gustafsson, warmly referred to as Dave G, had served as the leader of Kathy's in my discipleship training school, our DTS, in 1978 at YWAM Kona. Dave was and is a wonderful teacher, author, former director of YWAM Los Angeles, and much, much more. And the other guy in our traveling threesome was Bob Fitz, an outstanding and popular singer-songwriter who has conducted countless worship concerts and conferences all around the world. The three of us had met up for a week in Los Angeles before flying into Manila the day before. We would spend a total of about three weeks together with three more visits, one to YWAM Hong Kong, YWAM Kona, and YWAM Maui before we split up and I headed home to Montana. Personally, I had two primary purposes in mind, two assignments from God. The first was to share the vision of our soon-to-be grand opening, so to speak, of YWAM Montana. God had given us a giant piece of property, a former Air Force base in Lakeside, Montana, and along with it, He had given us a giant of a vision and we simply needed more staff. It was Dave G's idea to go look for and try to recruit students currently attending YWAM training schools in the greater Pacific region, which would be the primary target of future YWAM Montana outreaches. In this one trip alone, God would call about a dozen people to join our staff in Montana. My, our second assignment throughout the trip was to be ready to represent Jesus, His Father, and the Holy Spirit wherever we went 
the minister to whomever God put in our path. Dave G. and I were just talking about this over the phone the other day. There were so many instances over those three weeks when the three of us had the opportunity to encourage individuals or to pray for them. One of the more memorable moments happened at our very first stop of that morning at a small YWAM outpost in the heart of the Tondo District. It was set up for the sole purpose of ministering as a team, a permanent mercy ministry to the needy people of the district. It was only a couple seconds after we walked through the front door of the outpost that I began to understand just how this mercy ministry operated. Before the team leader closed the door behind us, he pointed to the front porch we had just crossed over and he said, guys, when I opened this front door earlier this morning, there was a man's dead body lying there on the porch. The ones who carried it here, they knew we would take good care of it for them. And we did. Wow, I thought. These outpost people, these merciful young people, a dozen of them or so, are truly paying a price out here in the service of their merciful Heavenly Father. Cal had brought the three of us to the outpost to see that with our own eyes, and we did. We would see a lot that day. The other reason Cal brought us there was to encourage the young team as God would lead us before they went out on the streets. I don't remember exactly what happened next or what we each said. I do remember that near the end, Bob opened his guitar case and pulled out his guitar. The entire team stood to their feet in a semicircle in front of us and Bob led us all in a most beautiful time of worship. I'll never forget it because God was there. As we sang the last line of the last familiar chorus, I suddenly found myself focusing on one young man, maybe only 18 years old or so, off to my left. Seriously, it was as if a beam of light had come down from heaven and singled him out in the group. And I knew I was to pray for him. And I knew this. Our Heavenly Father wanted this young man to understand and to accept God's love and mercy for himself and that he was fully and forever forgiven. I walked over to and directly in front of him and I stared into his eyes for a few moments. I could see some fearfulness in his eyes and yet there was some anticipation in those eyes. And after placing my right hand on his left shoulder, I began to pray as the Holy Spirit led me. God had powerful words of compassion, mercy, and forgiveness for this young man, a complete stranger to me. Near the end of my prayer, I stared into his eyes again, tear-filled eyes this time, and I asked him to do something I've never asked of anyone before or since. With my hands, palms up and extended toward him, I asked him if he would let me hold his hands in mine, and he did. He slowly but very willingly placed his hands on top of mine. I gently squeezed his hands in mine, and I began to pray words I've never prayed before or since. I'll conclude with those words and the rest of the young man's story in just a minute, but at this point, I'll head once again to the scriptures briefly to share what I believe the Holy Spirit has to say to many of us today. And of course, I can't help myself. 
I'll start in the Psalms. Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2 are the same verses that the Apostle Paul leans on in his wonderful Righteousness by Faith chapter, Romans chapter 4. Paul quotes King David, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Another version says, cleared of guilt. And there it is, the Holy Spirit's message to us in a nutshell. Our loving God wants us to know that our sin has been fully and forever forgiven. Our sin is out of his sight. He can't see it anymore. There are so many sons and daughters of God who don't understand this truth. And as a result of still living with guilt or shame, they give in, they resign themselves to continue living a life that's soured by bad habits. I'm going to quickly share a few more similar scriptures. There are many to choose from to press this point, press this truth home. Because our Father wants to free all of His children from a soured life and launch them into a life of constant joy. So, Psalms 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Wow! That is a long distance. Because east and west can never meet. Here, Isaiah 38, 17. In your love you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. Get a visual. Sins that are behind his back are sins that are out of his sight. Micah 7, 19. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the sea. He's trampled on our sins and buried the remnants on the bottom of the ocean. And here's Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, quote, I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins, unquote. Our loving Father doesn't even remember our sins. What? what? Yes, dear friend, our Father in heaven forgets those sins he has already forgiven. Now, some might say, I can't believe that God would ever forgive and forget my sin. It was too horrible. Here's one last verse for those who can't believe that some sins can't be forgiven and forgotten. The verse was spoken by Jesus himself. Matthew 12, 31, quote, Every sin can be forgiven. Every sin, except, of course, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is the complete and permanent rejection of the Spirit's efforts to draw one to the Lordship of Jesus. But there is absolutely no other sin that can't be forgiven. Which brings me back to the young man in Manila and the last words of my prayer over him while holding his hands in mine. I was prompted to say these words, Dear Father, bless and heal these hands I hold, and by your power, turn them into hands that heal. Make them healing hands, Father, hands that are used to heal others. Let it be. And then I hugged him. 
and he really hugged me back. Only minutes later, the four of us visitors were back in the car and ready to head for Smoky Mountain for another assignment. Just after he turned the key and started the engine, Cal Steiner turned around to look at me in the back seat, and he said this to me. David, I know you couldn't have known who that young man was that you prayed for inside. He's here incognito, secretly, but I just have to tell you this. His real name is Robert, and he is a ward of the state of California. Robert was a victim of severe abuse as a boy until finally, two years ago, mentally broken, he lashed out against his parents and sadly, he killed them both. He pled guilty for his crime and was found guilty of murder. But being a minor at the time and because of the severity of his childhood circumstances, the court had mercy on him. His sentence, among other things, was with our consent to join YWAM here in Manila. David, without knowing it, you prayed over a young man with the deepest of pain and the deepest of shame. God brought you guys here and prompted you, David, to pray a prayer over Robert that may have never been received from any of us and to hold his hands hands marked by destruction, and to pray that those hands become healing hands. Man, just unbelievable. I was stunned by what Cal told me in the car that morning. I remember feeling so deeply grateful once again for God's never-ending faithfulness. During that morning in Manila, one of his young sons may have encountered more of God's compassion and mercy than any other time in his life. I'm believing that Robert was completely set free from the grip of his former sins, while at the same time he was given a new assignment to be an agent of healing and mercy to many others. Dear friend, I'll end with a simple question. Are you holding on to the guilt of sins that your father has already forgiven and forgotten? It's time to let go. It's time to start believing in God's great compassion and mercy. He released Robert. He can release you. Believe what you've heard today, my friend, and you will find joy. Dear Father, what a joy it is to know that all of our former sins are out of your sight and at the bottom of the sea. Remind my dear friend that your compassion and mercy is staggering. And bless my friend with a joy that is just as staggering. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at inmomentslikethese.com. That's inmomentslikethese.com.